What up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the College Chaos Podcast. I'm Garrett Ross alongside my man, Jack McKenzie, holding it down. Emery Winter is unavailable with us today. He's you know doing like we're all doing right now. When you get an opportunity to cease the moment and take some quality time before football season, you definitely do that. So the man, Emery, is holding it down and taking care of some business Jack as well just got back from another trip. Been kicking it up in Big Ten country. How you yeah, doing? Yeah, last that was my last trip before the football season starts. But I'm doing good. My cousin got married up in Indianapolis. It was a good time. Lovely city. I love like, Indy. Beautiful city. Like, dude, I, I was thinking about that this morning when I was coming in. Like, Indy is probably. I I went there a few years ago. It's beautiful. It reminds me a lot of. If anybody has been to Texas, you've been to Tyler, Texas. It reminds me like a bigger version of Tyler. The layout and everything is just on a loop. It's cool, though. But, yeah, no, Andy's a cool place to kick it, and the people are friendly. Uh, Have you ever been to a city where, like, the people were just not friendly? Like, there's like Seattle is one that always sticks out for me. I mean, everybody there was freaking rude. Friendly? I've heard Boston's bad. never been there. That that makes sense. Uh, (laughs) New York is not super friendly, but I do think – Largely, the Northeast is like not friendly, but they'll be pissed off and help you. Right. And be yeah. Pissed off the whole time and still help yeah. you. Yeah. Like so, some assertives. So, yeah. Yeah. No, nah, man. But no, nah, it's been interesting, dude. Like, since we last spoke, the, the Pac 12 has officially um, become the Pac 4. Um, and, you know, you've had a lot of smoke last week. Like, what's going to happen with Cal and Stanford, Oregon State and Washington State? And I kind of think everybody knew that. As everything was unfolding, you knew the future. You knew the fate of Washington State and Oregon State. It sucks uh, for both of those programs. I think the interesting one, and I'm really not surprised that Cal and Stanford are struggling to find a place. I I think it's interesting how many people really on Twitter in general are like kind of caught off by this. But to me, like you look no further than the market itself in Oakland, right? Like you can't hold on to a sports franchise. Like the Raiders are gone. They chunked the deuce. They went to Vegas. The A's are about to like, to me in general, that's a market where nobody gives a damn about sports. And the fact that you have a notion that, Oh, we're good at Olympic. Like you, you totally don't get what's happening right now. You don't have a comprehension of this. So I don't really necessarily feel bad for those programs. Um, maybe that's all right. I feel bad for the student athletes and I feel bad for the coaches, the administrators and the people who have put them in this position. I don't give a damn about those people like that. That's, that's a bad look all the way around. You should have been more assertive in the first place, but the whole ACC notion, like you would go across country and merge with the ACC. That never made any sense to me. Like from a competitive standpoint, from just in general, financially, like that was never made any sense to me. What were your thoughts when the smoke come out? Like we're going to see this coast to coast merger once again with the ACC and the Pac-4 at this point. I was just kind of sitting there being like, there's no way academics is this strong. No, you know, because like that's what the tie is in my mind is and it's false. The, these schools that are all like really prestigious academic institutions are going to try and stick together and help each other out. But at the end of the day, there are enough institutions in the ACC that are like, yeah, no, this is an athletic league, right? This is an athletic league and we're trying to make money. And that's what it ended up being. And I think, I do think like, it's not ever going to happen. I think Stanford and Cal are thoroughly isolated over on the West Coast with mediocre athletics. I know Stanford like wins a lot of championships in a lot of sports. Like but they a lot don't of make Olympic money. Sports, but they don't make money. And that's what I mean by mediocre athletics. Like, so I guess it, mediocre football is really what it is. Their basketball is pretty mediocre too. Yeah. Um, either way, I just – I was a little surprised by how much steam it seemed to have Right at the start, of like, oh, this this could happen. And I'm like, no. My thing was like, it, what really stood out to me and was annoying, and it, it was funny to hear like ACC people's perspective on this, was the whole Notre Dame aspect. Like, Notre Dame's coming in. Well, these are great. These these uh, these colleges hold such prestige. And they do. That's great. But if you're not willing to join the ACC in football and help them, why the hell should anybody – like, why are you lobbying – for Stanford and Cal to do, that makes no damn sense to me. And I, so this morning I got on Twitter and I come across this note and I found this intriguing. Uh, Jim Williams, uh, Forbes, uh, he's always on 365 Sports. He's been on one of the, the 
main go-to people in this whole realignment thing. With, really insightful. Yeah, guys. with Crakes, Pat Crakes, and Bob Thompson as well. Uh, but he put this tweet out. Oliver Luck. I love how I love how in athletics, especially football, when there's a new league or there's trouble, Oliver Luck, Luck always comes to the rescue yep. with his cape. Oliver Luck will start be starting the process of working with teams that should be added to the Pac-4 from the American and the Mountain West. Uh, a list of a tw about 12 teams will be reviewed. This does not mean a partnership or merger is off the table. It's just in the process. Yeah. Um, my first reaction to that, aside from the, oh, Oliver Luck. Yeah, yeah exactly. He actually <laughs> took one of these jobs and it's like the most dire situation where, and I'm not saying this is his MO, but like where he cannot be blamed if nothing goes no, right. But it's just funny. But like he's like, the it, fixer. It's a no, it's a no, <laughs> no lose situation for Oliver Luck. Um, but my, my actual initial reaction was like, so how are they looking at adding anyone? Like, yeah. I, I know the Pac-12 has a certain brand identity, but it's all tied to these schools that have fled. That are gone. <laughs> so, like, I'm sorry. The Pac-12 brand identity does not live very large in, in my mind for the four schools that remain. And to me, that means I think the Mountain West Conference is that West coast conference right. now. And I don't see why they can't stand Pat and be like, we have our league. We run it the way we like to, if you'd like to be in it, you can apply for membership. Yeah. I just, like, I, I, I think it could be a slam dunk and I don't think there would be a lot of like, like leveraging this or that or holding up Oregon state, Washington state. Like mm -hmm. I just don't, I don't fully know why the PAC 12 isn't like thoroughly dead if that makes sense like why why they're talking about adding when they'd essentially have to add all of the mountain west we'll see and that's what's intriguing about this because like if you to me it's a trickle down effect of what's happening right now right like if you go back and you and you read that tweet it's okay well we're going to take a handful of teams from where we're potentially looking at taking a handful of teams from the mountain west and the americans so you take them, then what? Like, are, are the teams left out supposed to merge and form this new conference? Are you magically a Power Five conference? Because it's all about no, brand power, no. right? Like, you are not the Power Five. Is, it's that's, gone. That's done. Like, so, I, I don't see any way that whatever West Coast conference comes out of this is given the autonomy level. They shouldn't be. Like, I'm, I'm honestly, this can be a discussion for another time, but I'm kind of wondering what the future of this autonomy level is because, you know, if you're cutting out one conference, why not look at cutting out two more and then it's just the big two? See, and I think that's what, okay, this is where I think I got confused last week because when I was trying to talk about Arizona State and leaving in the future and you brought up, well, the Big 12 would be, and I, I argued that. What I'm, what I meant by that was, I feel like you're going to see a situation where the Pac, the Big Twelve as it is right now, in the new form of college football that we probably will see after 2031, is it still the Pac-12 or the Big Twelve, or is it something where all of these teams branch out and they form this new, like you have to navigate a new form and a new league of college football? Would the teams in the Big 12 still be as a whole with Arizona? That's where I was coming from with that. And I think if you go back, like Trev Alberts, the uh, AD at Nebraska, had an interesting comments this weekend about how he sees the future of college football and that that's where it's going to go. And that's what triggered – like I feel like that's what I was trying to say, and I just did not – it did not – I mean, <laughs> I poorly executed it. I'm still sitting here being like – Flabbergastedly. Kind of – I'm still kind of sitting here being like, look, they – who from the Big 12 is getting taken into that, like, 32-team league? So the Big 12 is going to stick together. It could, but that's where I was going. Anyway, that's that's kind of where at, I was coming from with that. At least the Big 12 that we have for this 2023-24 season. That Big 12, I think, will stick together. I think that Arizona, unless they miraculously get better at football, is going to be a part of that. I think Colorado will, too. Now, if Utah and Arizona State want to go do something else, yeah, I don't know what else is going to be out there for them, um, no. but but yeah. So, kind of getting back to the to the pack of it. Yeah. Um, maybe looking past the the questions more to like what what would your best case scenario answer for them? 
be for those four schools? What's uh, the best thing that can happen for them? I think you find a way. Okay, so it, it's intriguing because if you go and look at forming a league, right? Like, so if you take any school from the Mountain West right now, each one of them are facing a $34 million buyout if they left before 2024. That's a lot of money that a lot of these, they just don't have, right? Like if you yeah. generally look at what they bring in on an annual basis, that's what all this is about, right? So if you're bringing in like $6 million annually for everything, there's no way in hell it's you like can pay years. that. Six you, whole you years. You can't do that. For the Mountain West to dissolve, you need nine of 12 votes. I think that's what's going to be the next step, right? Like I think you're going to go into this um, which is going to be intriguing because Mountain West Conference uh, Commissioner Gloria Navarez was supposed to join us on 365 Sports Friday, and she wasn't able to make the schedule work. She will join us this week. So hearing her perspective on this is going to be intriguing. So I think that might be what's next, right? Like, do you see – like, do I feel like if you're the, the Pac-4 right now, you look at the Mountain West. Just logistically, yeah. that's your next move, and you try to figure out a way where – like, but then you throw in the Comcast money that you owe. Like, do you try to – I feel like there's – a work there where you try to create these buyouts to form a new league. Yeah, I can see that happening. Again, I have my reservations about right. like why why do they dissolve the Mountain West to go to the Pack, mm -hmm. which is a dead brand in my mind. Um, but if I'm going to look past that, then my next question is: so if it takes nine of twelve to dissolve the Mountain West, are you just banking on those pack four being like, yeah, we want 10 or we want 12 teams No, because they might only want eight. Well, they I might think, only want six. Well, I, I think honestly, they probably only want, yeah, six, maybe like maybe that's what you're looking at. Right. Because if you go back to I that, think you got to get to 10 as a league. I think you're eyeballing 12 probably like you definitely need but, 10, but, yeah, but if possible, if, if it's 12, then that's, they're adding eight teams. It takes nine to dissolve that mountain West and SMU is not in the Mountain West. That, that's the thing. Like, what happens then? Like, that's what I think it's intriguing about this. is not in the Mountain West. Like, can the Pac-12 raid the American? Well, I mean, there's numbers on that, too. Like, so if any American team leaves, you got 27-month notice where you pay out $10 million. That's more feasible. I think that might be what you see because SMU has made it known, right? Like, they want to play Power 5. They've been... There's an issue with that 27-month... Uh, timeline though yeah it's exactly <laughs> it's too late it's too late too late i know so that's the crazy like i think you because right like you don't want to take on it sucks to say this but like you don't want to take on the oregon state and washington state of the mountain west right no. like, like it's crazy so i think you do like i think you bring in i think you try to find a way to generate maybe it's Maybe you do like um, Florida State was threatening with private equity. Maybe you try to find your brokers in that market of Cal and Stanford because the, the money is there, right? The, the passion's just what's not there. So maybe you try to put, it, put something together where you create these buyouts, you get a handful of teams. Maybe you grab Boise, and I don't, that's the thing, dude. It's like even if you grab these, there's we're we're in a point in time where brands are the only thing that matter. So I don't see how you salvage it. Like, and Stanford, I could see getting to a point. Maybe you, maybe Stanford. Ha I think Stanford could be the only school that does this, where they have the funds in place. Where if they really wanted to push came to shove, you try to go independent until twenty thirty one. But they're the only school I feel like that even has a semblance of that option. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think the the Cal system. Uh, just because there are multiple schools in the system, just I don't think it can support no. that for for Berkeley. Um, obviously, Oregon State and Washington State are in like tougher financial situations, especially Oregon State. Oh, I was going to say especially Washington State. Well, well, Oregon State has just put all this money into renovating that stadium, stadium. right? Like, so if you're not able to, like, I don't even know how that works. Like, if you're a company, think if you're the company that is building that. And you're looking at this saying, bro, are we really going to get our money? Like, like, I don't know. There's just so many integral things behind the scene that they have to finish that stadium. Like you, you don't leave that half fin like that. No, is, I know you're going to finish like, it, but that is like an ugly scar principles across the universities like <laughs> department. If you don't finish that. Um, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. And I mean, arguably it's an important thing to finish to improve your game day revenue. Right. Because like if you're losing money from other other areas, you got you got to maximize every other area. Mm -hmm. um, 
but yeah, it's, uh, Sorry, I lost the thread of where we started. So, okay, here's another thing I'm, I'm, I'm worrying about the future of this pack for. So with all these decisions being made right now, like, you don't hear George Klafkoff's name mentioned one time. Oh, no, he done. He so, so that's the thing. Like, so when you're bringing in Oliver Look, are you looking at, like, okay, well, maybe do we try to make him, like, the, the Band-Aid? Like, is he the Jim Grove of our AD, per, you know, of our commissioner thing? Because I know, like— Honestly, maybe. That that I mean that's because there was talks about getting Bob Thompson in there. I know he was like, "No, I'm I'm good right now." Uh, but you know, I think that's a situation now where you're like, "Okay," and I mean, that's just the funny part. Like George Klyavkov is not mentioned in any of this. Like he ran it to the ground, and now it's this. So I, that's another aspect. Is like, what is his future going to be? Like, this is he just gone in all this? And then like. From a recruiting standpoint, you built all of this momentum if you're Oregon State and Washington State. You have everything. This is the best you've been in so long. Yeah. And it's just I think we're now about to see their recruiting tank. Well, you are. You already like what are you what are you gonna do if you're a kid? You don't know where you're playing. Like there's, you there's no way playing. in hell I'm going if I'm an athlete and I like if I'm an athlete with any sliver of an option, there's no way I can and that would suck, dude. Like if you're growing up and that's your like. That's what you always want to do is be a beaver, you know. Like, because yeah. kids are like that. There's people like that, and then now you have that option. It's like, war. what the hell do we do? War. You know, play against Oregon, yeah. in, in that rivalry, and really enjoy that. Or for Washington State uh, guys, like you grew up wanting to be a Cougar, wanting to play in the Apple Cup. Yeah, which is honestly, one of the cooler rivalries out there. Um, it's just you're left there, kind of like either holding the bag of your dream, being like, well going to try and make this happen. Hopefully Washington's nice enough to keep the rivalry going. Mm -hmm. Or you're like, you might even have to just switch sides because it's like, I'd rather play power five or big 10 football mm -hmm. just because it's big time and I'm good enough. That was a, so did you see, and that was another thing too, with all this is like, what's going to like now the big 10 is going to play their conference championship in Vegas. That is so like, that's just that feels that, as wrong as the big 10 basketball tournament being played in Madison square garden. That's fair. Yeah. That feels I, I just can, about as wrong. It's like, I see it. I understand it. Cool stadium. Right. Great, great venue. Like, fun city. Just, it's not yours. Right. And I don't want to be, like, crazy territorial, but, like, God damn it, it's not yours. <laughs> so, no, that's a really great point. And that was my thing, too, like, with all this. Like, you knew because Vegas was going to be, like, that was going to be people started fighting. Over. Like, Dallas, like, we were talking about with Dallas and the SEC and I the Big 12. I wouldn't be surprised if the Big 12 makes a push out there. Hell, yeah, they're going to. Just because, like, Arizona's by there. You do with the Utah. Yeah, you're going to make like, a push towards Vegas. Yeah. Absolutely. So, is there anything now that... I will say, like, I got to ease up on the Big 10 a little because, one, I do think the Big 12 is going to do it, and I'm a Big 12 guy. And, two, because whose is it then? Yeah. Whose is it now? It's. I mean, it's... <laughs> like, it's it's open, cool, go it's for, open it. for business i don't fully understand like it i think it will feel much more wrong to see ohio state playing conference championship game there yeah. than like a uh, houston if that right. ever happens right. you know just like geographically it feels like las vegas is in the south yeah houston's also in the south like just under the mason dixon line you know yeah. it, all right so as we're heading into the final god it's so weird to say this really sucks the final year of the traditional pac 12 are there any storylines are there any matchups that you're looking forward to seeing one last time like what what are your thoughts in general as we head into this final farewell i think a fun thing we'll actually be able to see well it's can Utah, despite an injury to the starting quarterback, and I know this is not what anyone, I think, in that conference out of their fans is thinking, but can Utah win one for the Big 12 over the Big 10? Ooh. I think that's going to be a very interesting storyline to follow because if Utah makes it, what, three straight? Three straight. It would be three straight. It would be three straight over the four biggest brands in that conference all going to the Big Ten, and Utah's just on their way out with a three-peat going F you. And that would be, and they will not be caring that they're doing no. it for the Big 12, but that would be big for the Big 12 in I, terms of competition level. I in didn't terms, think about that aspect. In terms of like, hey, we've got a team with some skins on the right. wall. You're crazy about the brands. We get it. You're making money. We've got the football team. Now that's a good point. I, that was one like I, when I thought of Utah and this swan song. I, I was thinking more of like their uh, 
future conference games that they're going to be playing in non-conference. You know, something like. But that's a really good point, dude, about the Big Twelve, Big Ten aspect. Um, man, I just and then also any like last fu's from the schools getting left behind. Who like like does Stanford pop up and randomly beat USC one last time? Oh, dude, that would be so that feels freaking like a hilarious. Or does do Washington State and Oregon State win the last rivalry? That's games? what I want, dude. Like I want Oregon State and Washington State to play for the the Pac twelve, and I don't even think it's realistic. Like with the division, I like, I don't even think that's impossible. <laughs> but like I, if one of those teams could miraculously win the Pac, that would be, would be so, so freaking hilarious. It would be so glorious. I, I think Oregon State's got the best shot out of the teams yeah. getting left behind. Uh, so maybe maybe uh, DJU and that offense can grind away and find a way. We'll 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 wrap the segment up with this. This wait, is something wait, I, was, I, I do want to get to Alpha Buckeye's question. Okay, what's up, man? Chat. Uh, he said a couple things. One, he said, "I don't see how Stanford can get a football schedule as an independent, and who would give Stanford a TV deal?" That's a good point. Um, NBC. Pair Notre Dame and Stanford. That would be the only option right there. Stanford's probably. not bringing in a lot of eyes or a lot of money, but I think NBC can fill out more of a slate of college football by adding Stanford. And frankly, I think that ACC schools might have Stanford's back on this. They'll fill the gaps with some Mountain West, random other mm-hmm. schools. They'll find a way. Well, I can tell you one thing. You also need to take into consideration, and I'm not saying this is any, but there are schedule conflicts now. Like the, the, the instance I'm, I'm bringing conference games are opening up because of the movement. Baylor, Utah is one example. Like that, like we know for a fact covering Baylor that they're, they're going to have to find a new non-con game for that Utah matchup because mm-hmm. they're going to be con. So I think there's, there's ways I'm to, for an SEC. yeah, there's ways to fill the gaps there for the schedule. I would say for a couple of years, but he does bring up a good point. And I think that's that that brings up a whole nother can of worms, which me and you are on two totally different pages when it comes to the future of scheduling. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's a really legit question. It, it's a good question. And also, I think something to keep in mind, I don't believe independents have to hit 12 games. Probably not. I'm not, I'm not 100. I'm not even, I'm not 100% on that, but. I I do not believe they have to hit twelve. Well, games. if you're, but here's you're the thing: not, if you're not consi- all right, like right now, Stanford, right there, they have proven like their track record. They don't give a damn about championships. So I, it, it, this is gonna sound really corny, but it reminds me of there's this small team in West Texas that plays six man football. They play an outlaw schedule where they never make the playoffs because they just want to stick. They were really good in the 90s, really good. So if you take that same kind of mindset, you don't care about the championships, you just want, we have a product, it's here, we're staying regional, I think they would be willing to sacrifice to make it work. I think that would be very interesting to see, and I also think that they could turn it like, spin it like it's a a principled stand and we're, we're treating our student athletes better. We're not asking as much of them. Right. We're not, we're not putting them through the travel and, and they're not getting banged up as much It's better for their, their mental health, physical, health, physical and mental health. Yes. And so it'll be, that could be an interesting outcome. If they go independent, I'll have to do some research on how much they have to fill right. out that schedule, but there are options there. I do think Notre Dame, uh, not Notre Dame, uh, NBC, with Notre Dame is an interesting a, option yeah. because they wouldn't get a lot of money for it. But I do think NBC might appreciate having more college football content to basically lead in or lead out of their right. uh, Notre Dame games. Even if you threw it on Peacock, like apparently they don't care about streaming. They'll help throw all their games on streaming. They don't care. You know, yeah. I mean that the, realistically, I mean, I think that could be a way you could navigate that. Um, but exactly. so what I wanted to get into like the last thing here, who do you think has more pressure on them this year? the way things are going is it is it texas oklahoma leaving for the sec or is it your usc and your oregon washington per se and i'm these are the we're talking about the brands the main brands more pressure on them the from a brand perspective heading for another conference Ooh, i i still think it's texas i think the most pressure is on the three non-usc schools going to the big 10 okay i think ucla is getting lifted miraculously out of the Pac-12. I don't think they... (laughs) They don't care, but I think there's some pressure there to be like, look, show us you deserved this. Right. Don't be the next Rutgers. Um, (laughs) And then for Oregon and Washington, I think there's pressure to show, like, we did deserve this. We know we deserve this. We know we deserve the money. 
Yeah. Like, I think there's pressure there. Um, so, you know, if you, if both of them go and like lose to their rivals that they're leaving for dead at the end of the year and don't win the conference championship, don't even play for the conference championship, I don't think it would be a good look for them. Um, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any outside pressure on Texas or Oklahoma. I don't think there's, or USC. I don't think there's any outside pressure. I think all the pressure is internal. All the pressure is self-made. All the pressure is, this is what we think we are, so we have to live up to that. I don't think anyone outside cares whether or not Texas and Oklahoma are good enough to compete in the SEC. I think everyone's just like, cool, we'll see cool matchups. Like, we'll crap on you if, you, if you're not doing mm-hmm. well. But, like, I don't call that pressure. I think that's just, like, honestly just a little bit of a vendetta from us outside. I include myself in that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't see how I can call that pressure. See, and I, I, I would disagree from the standpoint of I feel like Texas, with their arrogance, um, the way they've really started all of this. I know you can go back to the, 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 the 80s in Oklahoma and the Supreme Court and everything, but if you want to get down to realistically dominoes fall in realignment, I feel like Texas Longhorn Network kind of stirred the pot with all this. And I feel like there is outside expectation. There is outside noise. Now, I think that they've done a good job with this coaching staff of kind of putting up walls and deflecting that. But I do feel like there is some outside pressure from people that Texas would have more so than other. And maybe USC has this. I just feel like the passion from geographically geographically standpoint. We'll cut cut that out. I I struggle to speak it. I ain't cutting that out. That's golden. (laughs) That is golden. No, but for real though, I feel like from a geographically standpoint and how everything in Texas people care. Yeah. I feel like they have more pressure on them at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I, I see it. I see the, like, I, I talk with my, my friends who went to Texas. Yeah. Love Texas. They're, they're through and through Longhorns, and they're just like, man, if not now, when? Exactly. That's the thing. Like, you have to. But that's it's why. internal. And it, I know you didn't specify in your question right. internal, no, external. It, no, that's But, like, for fair. those of us who don't care for Texas, it's just like, I think it's I, I, internal I, I, though. Like I feel like it's outturn external as well. I I just don't see it. Like honestly, it I I think people will take advantage of if they don't meet these expectations, which they do have expectations. Yeah. I just don't see how that's I, I don't think they feel pressured from the outside to win. I think they only feel pressure from the inside. And I think that's just by nature of who they are. I think there's outside pressure mm-hmm. on Oregon and Washington to prove themselves, prove why they should get right. full shares. I think there's there's outside pressure on UCLA to be like, so is UC, USC really just carrying you wherever they go, or is like, are you good? Mm-hmm. USC, Texas, and OU, it's all like, y'all are massive brands. You have enough inside pressure. Fail or not, we're going to laugh at you if you do. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, like, for real, they, like, I, I, they are under the so, most so, scrutiny. So, like, yes, to be fair, like, if, if you're looking at just any kind of pressure, yeah. any kind of pressure at all, those big brands have the most, but right. it's all of their own making. No, it all really, of their own making, all 1, from themselves. 1,000% correct. 1,000% correct. So, yeah. All right, so next up, we're going to get into who we think the conference champions will be at the end of the season, coming up next here on the College Chaos Podcast. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. Garrett Ross, Jack McKenzie here with you, and we appreciate you tuning in whenever you do live, or if it's going back on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, whatever it is, however you enjoy. Segment cuts. Segment cuts, shorts, whatever. We appreciate you. Make sure you go like and subscribe as well, as we are close. We are closing in on that 12,000 really goal. We're at 11.7, I believe, on Friday. Hell yeah. Or over 11.7. We went over 34,000 on 365 Sports. I went off the grid for the weekend. Bro, so, yeah, you uh, did. So, uh, it's a... Uh, we, we got it on and popping. We've been holding it down, but... So, dude, this is going to be an intriguing season, and I think every conference, right, like, I, that, that's the thing is, I feel like there's been so much um, talk, and rightfully so, with realignment that I personally have kind of struggled with looking and actually getting to the nuts of bolts of actual football. Yeah. Like, it's so freaking We've hard. Been in, like, this one mode like, all Just locked season. in, dog. But, like, <laughs> hey, I think we've been killing it, but... 
but yeah, like everything around us has been about realignment. And so now it's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. there's football. There's football. There is football to be played. Yeah. So like, okay, I think uh, the, the easiest way to do this as we head into looking at the conference, let's go in alphabetical order. So one last time around the power. One, five. one last time around the power. And that's another thing. We're not, we're sticking with the power five, soon power four. Uh, the Ooh. ACC, yep. starting with the ACC. Um, there's so much smoke around Florida State, rightfully so. I think they've earned it. Um, but at the same time, I, I'm not ready to go all in on them. I feel like they are obviously have the best team they've had in close to a decade, really going back to Jameis's when Jameis, you know, took them to the natty. But I'm not like I feel like there's so much they've created and and this is what maybe I'm totally wrong There's on this. a large jump expectation for them. That and the outside noise and pressure they just put on themselves. Like I, I feel like there's too much going on there. Um I like Clemson a lot. Yeah. I think Clemson what you look last year, 11 and 3 you were undefeated in the ACC, and that's still not good enough, right? Like, you go 11-3, and three and that's a bad season. A lot of people are like, well, what the hell happened to Clemson? I mean, we've – I've personally questioned Dabo, and, and um, is he, you know, ready to take on this new landscape of college football? I think he's adapted well, um, honestly. I think when you look at their offense, they're freaking loaded. Kate Klubnick is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. I think he'll be a Heisman contender in a couple of years. Uh, the running back, when you have a guy like Will Shipley, he not only can do it on the ground, he can catch out of the backfield, and he's a force on special teams. Defense is loaded. Um, I like their schedule. I just feel like this is the year where Clemson comes back and lets Florida State and everybody know that it's cute. We, we like to see you here, but we're still the top dog. Yeah, like this is, this is one of the tougher picks for me because it feels like it's just they like – don't trust Florida State until they actually do it. Right. Kind of thing. You gotta like, earn it. Like as good as they are, as as much as it looks like they're gonna vastly improve, it's still kind of like a okay, prove it to me. Right. Especially since they play at Clemson. And they play at Clemson early. They don't have a lot of time to gel. Um, I think that's a week four game. But but <laughs> I don't want to be sitting here just going the same shit you are. Yeah. You and Florida take the Knowles? For I think I think Paul's gonna love me today because I'm gonna take the Knowles. Like Clemson's got some interesting games on their schedule, and again, you only have to look at the conference schedule here. Yeah. They just got to make the conference title game um, at Duke to kick it off for Clemson. I'm, I'm telling y'all, Duke's Duke? gonna be an interesting team this year. You got to pay attention, especially Klubnik. Doesn't have a lot of college start. Does he have a college start under his belt? Yeah, he took over for DJU. I forget. He took over for DJU last year. I know he year. took over for him, but yeah, like, he's I got some starts. Him. Point is, this is his first, like, he is the guy all year. And you're going to Mike Elko's team. Yeah. In your opener at night. It's going to be like, I would, I think that's going to be a fourth quarter game, honestly. Like, I think it's going to be interesting. And I, I do have some questions of like, what if Cade just isn't a huge step up from DJU. I think he'll be a step up. I, 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 there's a reason why DJU isn't there anymore. And I know he's one of, the, one of the most talented prospects we've seen in a while. Do not get me wrong. I'm not trying to crap on him. It's just, if this conference comes down to a battle between Jordan Travis and Cade Klubnik, I feel like I've gotten more proven right now from Travis. That's fair. I'm Again, I'm looking for reasons no, I know, to I know, to pick I know. the I'm, I'm, I'm. Because... We are going to put this down. We are going to write this, yeah. this stuff down at the end of the day. We're going to stick with it. We're going to be checking back in with these predictions because next week we're also going to do some playoff and Heisman predictions right. uh, and picks. So that that's why I'm kind of building this up is like, look, I don't necessarily think it's like, I'm not saying 100% for sure yeah. Florida yeah. State wins and 100% for, for sure Jordan Travis is a better quarterback. No. I'm interested to see the answers, but there's interesting things on the schedule, like at the Wolfpack and at Duke for Clemson, yeah. that I can see Florida State taking advantage of. So that's why I've got Florida State. Also, the betting odds: Florida State's at a plus one seventy, and Clemson's at a plus one fifty. Yeah, those aren't those aren't far off. No, if I, if I'm all. thinking with with my with my wallet here, 
<laughs> shoot. Might as well take the longer odds. No, that's fair. I, I respect that. And it, look, honestly, either one of them, it's a toss up. I just feel like right now, when you look at it, I don't I, know if it's quite a perfect toss up. I like it's going to be pretty close. My my head is probably going with. I take Clemson six, seven times out of ten. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, but Florida State is like they're really dangerous. I'm that we'll get into it next. But that first, so you game, got Clemson, I got Florida. I'm State. taking Clemson. Headed to the Big Ten. You want to start us off there? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, everyone always seems high in Ohio State, but again, I'm taking Michigan here because it's it's proved to me that you can you can do it. Proved to me you can flip the script. Proved mm-hmm. to me you can take it back. Like, especially now with we're going to go through another year of is this Harbaugh's last year because of the whole NCAA thing and, and how all that's going mm-hmm. down. But if you're Harbaugh, you don't want to leave on a loss. No. You got Corum back. You got Edwards back, right? Yep. Like this just it feels like Michigan is very close to putting Ohio State where Michigan was at early under Harbaugh, which is damn good team. Yep. They just can't beat the rival. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And I, Michigan, I, I'm taking the Wolverines as well. And there are probably a lot of these where we're going to be on the same page, but there's no doubt, right? Like Which you have, I felt like I need the, to their offensive seat. line is stupid good. It, they, they've yep. been recruiting year after. They've been putting classes like they're building something there. I, I will say with Michigan, I believe they brought in a good number of transfers to the offensive they line. They did. They so. brought in a couple of transfers from the offensive line that are going to bulk up. They're going to be fine though. When you're already when you're like one of the top three year in and you out it, for the Joe Moore Award, like you're yes, you're doing yes. things. It just does raise a couple questions about their recruiting and how some stuff's panned out there. No, that's fair. But, but yeah, even even with that, they're finding solutions. Absolutely. J.J. McCarthy, I think he's the X factor here, right? Like Jim Harbaugh, the whole time he was at Michigan, the, the question was like he had good pieces, but he could never find that quarterback. He could never find the right guy. He was able to identify J.J. McCarthy. Um, he stuck with them through the whole COVID thing and his recruitment. Uh, and he has come out to be the truth. He, he is he's so fun to watch. Uh, their defense is loaded. I just feel like this is a team that is on a mission, right? Like you, if you look at last season, they expected to go in and beat TCU. I think what happened to them, they view from their perspective, it was a complete upset. I think it pissed them off. I think it added more fuel to the fire. And if you go back, I know Harbaugh had put in that thing, uh, I believe it was last year, where it was the philosophy and practice where you did the drill to beat Ohio State. Well, he's changed that to beat Georgia. I feel like they've just got the championship mindset right there. They're all cohesive. Um, it, this is the last opportunity, the last hoorah in the traditional Big Ten. Solidify yourself as the team to beat going forward when you bring in uh, the teams from the West Coast. I'm sticking with Michigan. I think they have something to prove this season. Yeah. Um, I think that about wraps it up for the Big Ten. Like, I – I'm sorry, I'm a bit of an Ohio State hater, and I like I, Ohio State. I, I I respect them. I think they gross. have some of the dopest uniforms. Period. Nope. Uh, I love their uniforms. I am. I'm completely. But I just I like get into. into that I, I need to see it from the quarterback position. I think Michigan's uniforms are a hell of a lot better. Um, but yeah, I. Penn State's there, the outlier. There. There, That's there, the, there's there's a lot to just distrust for me about Ohio State. Like the way they were beating Michigan was just out talenting them, mm-hmm. and now Michigan they they they've they matched usually, that they've they've largely matched the talent. Like you're never going to match like the wide receiver room talent, but they've largely matched the talent. Their scheme seems to be better fitted for that matchup. Where every year it's the last game of the regular season, it's probably going to be cold. Like honestly, the weather plays a role. Mm-hmm. If it's clear, sunny not too bad, then yeah, you're feeling better about Ohio State. But that's relatively better. Right. Like, if it's bad weather, I'm taking Michigan like that. Yeah. And I don't want to have to be worried about the weather to pick this game, <laughs> to pick the champion. It, so, like, it just it just seems like it's, it's pretty obviously Michigan's conference to lose. But, you know, I think we're going to go from one of the cleaner cutter, like, clear-cut uh, yeah. Conferences, we're going to go to the knife fight, the dirty in the mud knife fight of the Big Twelve. Because mm. I think if there's if there's a conference where you're just like I have no idea what's going to happen, it's either the Big Twelve or the Pac Twelve. Definitely, and, 
and I think the Big 12 takes the cake on this because how many different teams have played for the conference title in the last three years? Four, six, six, six. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, I am. Are we going to continue that streak? No. Yes, yes, you are. Yeah, because I'm taking Texas. I, I think Texas, hands down, has the deepest roster. Do you still have Tech in that title game? I, yeah, I'm sticking with Tech. Wow, I said you're really it, going a full, full. I said it. I'm gonna have to in four years. I'm gonna have to stick with it because you don't have to stick. No, with I it. am, but I want to though. Like I, I really like what Joey's building out there. That's I, I think that will be your Big Twelve championship game. It and if I'm wrong, cool, I'm wrong. I just I do. I'm gonna stick with Tech. You're wrong. I'm probably wrong, but I'm sticking with Tech. No, I, I like Texas a lot, man. Like I feel like and you got Texas winning. I got Texas winning it because this is if you don't, this is a massive disappointment in my mind the the depth across the board is stupid good you have future nfl stars littered across the roster you've got to be able to capitalize this is your final chance to stick it to every team that you thought you're better than forever and you've looked down upon it this is your perfect opportunity to ride off in the sunset and put the past behind you as and solidify yourself as oh we're better but like I just feel like they're such a small margin like they have to do it like, they have yeah. to this year they have to <laughs> no <laughs> I think they'll be in Arlington I I think they have too much talent to not be in Arlington you look at the FanDuel odds Texas at plus one hundred the next closest is Oklahoma at plus four twenty I don't know why Oklahoma is the next closest they're scared yeah. Kansas yes they've got an easy schedule I just don't trust them yeah. too much Kansas State's at plus five hundred Texas Tech is fourth at plus eleven hundred. Yeah. Baylor's fifth at plus nineteen hundred. TCU is sixth at plus twenty one hundred. That's some bull. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, it, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not down that, with that. That's TCU, a little questionable but. to me too. But um, <laughs> but I'm still sitting here thinking. Texas went what eight and five last year? I believe so. I'm not one hundred percent certain on that, but yes, I believe so. And okay, we got to look this up. Can't get this wrong otherwise. Uh, they go eight sorry. and five. They go eight and five. One sec. Paxton, they go eight and five. Yeah, eight and five. Eight and five. <laughs> there we go. Sorry, I really wanted to make sure we got that right before jumping jumping in further because you know, yeah, people get a little little hairy about that. They went eight and five last year. You got a quarterback who, for as talented as he is, for how good he looked at certain times, and he was injured. Mm -hmm. I remember all of this, Texas fans. He still has a lot to prove. No, he really he still does. has a lot to prove. And he doesn't have probably the best running back duo in the nation to back him up, to take the pressure off. No. Roshan and Bijan are gone. They've got a lot of talented youngsters. But do we know if any of those guys will even get up anywhere near like the Roshan level of consistency, let alone the Bijan level of consistency and talent and production? Uh, no. I mean, you would hope so, but you really And don't. then having both of them? <laughs> like... The Texas offense is going to be going to be different. It's going to be much more centered around Quinn and those wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Talented, talented wide receivers. But I've got some questions. I've got some questions that make me think, look, they should make it to Arlington with the talent. But are they going to finish the finish the job? Seal the deal? Like, I think that there's a program out there that I'd trust a hell of a lot more. And that is Kansas State. Email. Yeah. Like, look at their offensive line. Oh, they're freaking, yeah. BB alone. They're going to they're gonna protect Howard just fine. They're going to open up gaps for their running backs just fine. They're going to replace Deuce Vaughn much easier than Bijan and Roshan get replaced. Their quarterback is more consistent and more proven. Quinn could pass that up. Quinn could easily pass that up. But... When I'm when I'm putting my money down right now, I'm putting it on Kansas State. As much as much as everything about this conference tells me, don't, don't trust do a repeat. <laughs> don't think about a repeat. It's just like they they'll they'll probably barely make a bowl game this right. year. Like that just feels like the the way this conference goes. Yeah. But like, shoot, man, they are returning so much on that offense that just it feels like they're that much more trustworthy than right. Texas. And Texas has all that pressure to deal with. 
That's fair. That's fair. I, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if if K State won. I just feel like the circumstances and that little that little uh, dark horse out in Lubbock, Texas, might have something to say. No, nope. don't even get me we will, started. We will, don't even we, get me we started. Have that. On to the pack. On to the pack in the final season of the Pac-12. Oh man, this is this sucks. I think I'm still riding with Utah, um, and I, you could make a very valid and reasonable explanation of why it should be USC or Washington. I think I will. And, but I'm taking Utah right now. If you look, Kyle Winnington, Winningham is calling this the the deepest, the best team that he's had. Um, and I know that's probably coach talk to a sense. Um, at the same time, I feel like they're in a position where Cam Rising could miss the entire non-conference. I think they would be fine if they dropped a game. I don't think they will, but if they dropped a game to Florida or Baylor in one of those non-con games, I think they would be just fine if you had Cam Rising come back for conference play. And, and you know, he can start day one. I'm not saying he's out, but I'm just saying realistically he's on the he's on the fence, right? Like if he's going to play. But I feel like he could miss the non-con and they could go in Get him fully healthy, focus on just the pack and control it. I, I I really think they're disciplined. I think they're overall the the most well coached team in that conference. And I think that you're talking about chips and something to prove. And I like how you drew the analogy of the the Big Ten pack. I, I feel like they have an opportunity to continue their success and carry that over to become one of the new teams of the new look Big Twelve. As much as I want that for the Big Twelve, I'm looking at their schedule and. Number one, it's going to be disappointing if winning Winningham's out here saying this is my best team, and they drop pot like without Cam Rising, I still have doubts. Mm-hmm. Like they should beat Florida. They probably should beat Baylor. What happens if you drop both of those? All of a sudden, you're having a really disappointing year. But are you though? Yes. But I, I, you just said the coach that is their best team. I know, but I'm saying too, like you've won the conference championship twice in a row. Is the conference championship enough? If your starting quarterback is not available for those two games, and then you came in and you just controlled conference, yeah, I'm saying that would be good enough. Man shouldn't be saying it's his best team when a certain quarterback isn't ready to go. We'll let that be a different. We'll just we'll just agree and, and, to disagree okay, on now, that. Now I'm looking at it, so. UCLA, I'm not too worried for them on that. But at Oregon State, bye week, Cal, USC, Oregon. Like, you catch a lot of the biggest matchups early in, like early on in conference mm-hmm. play. Cam's going to have to get up to speed fast. That's a good point. He's he going will. to have to get up to speed fast. I don't really trust him, especially when you're going at Oregon State, at USC, at Washington. The schedule doesn't really it look doesn't favorable, favorable but- to me to make the conference make and win the conference right. championship it like it looks just fine if you're like worried about going bowling worried about getting an eight win nine win year right. it looks just fine for that but when i'm talking about winning the conference i'm not liking utah's odds especially especially centered around their quarterback their star starting quarterback coming off of an injury a knee injury right yeah that's and, fair and he he's a mobile guy, or he was a mobile guy. That was a big part of his game, big part of his star power. Yep. Like, I, I wish the best for him. I really do. I don't know how quickly he will get back to that best. That's fair. And I think that's that's a big reason why I'm taking USC. I am taking Ride USC. Ride with the Trojans. You're going to give me the odds-on favorite? Like, you're taking the team that it's at number four in the odds. They're behind Washington and Oregon and USC. Are they really? Yeah. That's hilarious. I don't know if it's hilarious. There's a lot of talent. Like, I I do just a three-peat, man. A three-peat. It's difficult. It, it is very I'd difficult. I'd be so impressed. I would be beyond impressed to see them three-peat. So, I just think USC's finally going to have that breakthrough year for the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think the playoff. Right. I think that might slip up enough to, to get kept out of the last four-team playoff. Um, but that will be interesting to see. I do. I, I'm going to ride with USC all day. I do think we need to get get over yeah. to the SEC now. We're we're running long in this segment. I know uh, SEC Georgia. I'm taking Georgia until somebody knocks them off. Uh, I, I have questions if Carson Beck. I mean, coming in as a freshman, you have all the talent around them, but you are 
you are called like the you're college football. You're the college football right now, and you are you're doing things that we haven't seen in a long time. Um, I the schedule is literally like a JV schedule for the most part until I mean. So I've taken the Bulldogs. Yeah, I, I I think they're. I don't. I'm taking Georgia to win the SEC. Yeah, same here. Like we'll we'll get to the playoff next week, but for right yeah. now it's just conference champ. I'd be stupid not to pick Georgia. I'd be stupid. Not <laughs> you to got pick to. Georgia. You got to like, ride with the dogs. Like right I'm now. happy to disagree with you on these other conferences, yeah. some other conferences, so we can like have a winner hopefully at the end of this. But like, shoot, I, I nope. would love to say nope. I would love I'm to say LSU, but nah, Georgia's taking. It. Oh, you, you want to say Livy State University? I'm not <laughs> touching that. And we will come back in the final segment to do some of the top things we're looking for in the upcoming season. This is the College Chaos Podcast. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. Garrett Ross, Jack McKenzie here with you. And we're going to put a bow on this show with just a couple of questions that we have for the upcoming season. Like some of the top games we're looking forward to. Um, I mean, like, can Penn State finally get over the hump? These are a few things I'm wondering about. And let's start with Penn State for a second. You've kept an eye on Big Ten football your whole life, right? Like, we we know the the background with Purdue. Um, Penn State's always intriguing to me because they're always there, but they can never figure it out. Like, Sean Clifford was a good quarterback, but he could never just get them over the hump. Uh, and, and now you've got this the new guy coming in and Drew Allaire, Aller. I like Drew Aller. I think he's got a lot of potential. I like Penn State. I would love to see Penn State get back to the the just being up mixed up the in grades. the in championships and stuff. Think Do about you, that like whole whole group of like Penn State, Nebraska, Miami. They're they're all yeah. They're all not at that level anymore. Penn no. State's the best out of them, but sorry. Anyway. No, no, that's a really good point. I mean, yeah, you could throw a handful of other teams in there as well, but like. I feel like this is the year, right? Like Penn State has got to figure it out. They have to get to the Big Ten championship game. I, you go to Ohio State, that's going to be tough. Anytime you go there, that's a difficult matchup. But I, I honestly would not be surprised if Penn State upset Ohio State. I would love it. I, I think they, like because if you really, it, it all goes down to like it's kind of like we were talking about with Michigan, right? Like Penn State can match Ohio State in every position group on the field this year with this team, I feel like, except for the receivers, like you're not matching the receivers. But at the same time, when it comes to the most important position on the field, you have that edge this year with Aller. You have that edge of the quarterback position. So that is one thing I'm looking at is can Penn State get to the Big Ten Championship and can they finally emerge and kind of rekindle that old tradition that they used to have? I believe it's still East-West, right? Yeah, this year. So no. Well, it's it's whatever. It's the what is it, the the champion the I don't remember how they worded it. Leaders the and legends yeah. is very it's, old. Is that and, old now? Yeah. Okay. Good. It, it, be, it quickly became East West. Okay. Good. East West, um, which means no, because Michigan. <laughs> yeah. So they're not going to get over that hump. But I'd be very interested to see if they could get over the Buckeye hump this year. Um, yeah. I just do think that there's a consistent problem with James Franklin teams, which is actually like he brings in a lot of talent, but they end up getting slightly smaller and smaller in the trenches. Like instead of getting the biggest guys, like I don't know if it's losing recruiting battles or just not fighting for the, for like the biggest guys. Yeah. He goes for the, the smaller, but highly skilled guys, which is great to get you to the point they're at. But after that, it, it's tough to beat those top, top teams. It's right. going to be really tough to beat Michigan. I think Penn, uh, Ohio state's in the wheelhouse actually for them this year. Um, but yeah, that that's where I see Penn State at is they're close. I just I question if James Franklin's ever going to really get them over that hump or not. I, I've been there a million times thinking about that with him. He's a good coach, but can you? Yeah. Uh, so what's your next question? Next question: What what non-con game are you looking forward to the most? Like, is there like one or two that stick Ooh. out that you're just like? I mean, definitely. I definitely want to see. A couple of early Big 12 ones, TCU, Colorado, week one. I just want to see what what the Dion stuff looks like. That's a good – yeah, that's going like, to be intriguing. What does that all look like? I believe it's at TCU this year. Mm-hmm. So, Dion back in the Metroplex. Yep. The home of his, I'm assuming, now defunct Prime Prep Academy. <laughs> Had to play a couple of the, those teams back in high school. <laughs> um, or, like, they're, like, I don't know, middle school teams. Yeah. Like, 
it wasn't their varsity for sure, but um, that Baylor and Utah, just because I'm going to be at it. Yeah. Like that one's, that one's really exciting to me. I'm trying to think of which other ones are like out there. Um, I know for me, it's definitely the first one of the year, LSU and Florida State uh, in Orlando. Yeah. Like, dude, how, like how that. Did I forget. The way that crap went last year, I know LSU was able to work their way back into it. You have Mason Smith coming back this year, healthy, hopefully, because he had that fluke injury that just ended him for the season last year. That's one I'm keeping an eye on. Another non-con game that is not going to get a lot of attention outside of the state of Texas that I'm really, really uh, intrigued by, UTSA and Houston. Oh, like, I thought you were going for UTEP. No, no, that, no, that, no, if we're talking about, like, I know all eyes are going to be in Dublin and they're going to be looking at Navy. Like, and the, UTEP and Jacksonville State is going to be a really good game week one. But, no, UTSA and Houston, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, UTSA is in a situation right now where they have gone to the American. I feel like they're going to be the team coming out of there that pushes Tulane probably in that championship game with Frank Harris and them. But when you go back to look at them in Houston, I feel like UTSA is in a better position as a whole than Houston. Like I feel, I would feel more confident in UTSA entering the Big 12 this season and their success than Houston per se. Yeah, uh, I feel like I that's one I'm keeping has an a eye on. A lot of great non-conference games. Absolutely, this year. I mean, does. you got Oregon and Texas Tech. That's going to be as so crap damn on, As much as I'll crap on Texas Tech, I am very interested to see that game, especially because it, that's going to be either like a, yeah, I was right, or like, oh, shh. And Tyler Shuck. I was wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm going to get some very early good answers to whether or not I'm going to have to eat a lot of crow. Right. <laughs> um, and then UCF Boise State is one. That's tricky. Like, I know, I feel like, is that the one right before Baylor? I feel like they have to travel to Boise and then they go back and host Baylor. I could be wrong uh, on that. No, it's a it's a couple weeks. Okay, but still, it, that's it's tricky. It's the same week as uh, Baylor, Utah, I believe. Okay. There's now, that's a, one. There's that's, a lot of good games on September 9th. Texas at Alabama, September Obviously, 9th, hands down, is the one, though. I think like that's I said, probably. a lot of good games on September 9th. That's probably the one everybody is. Don't forget Ohio State and Notre Dame on September 23rd, though. I think Notre Dame gets them. I'm interested. I want to see just how down of a year this could be for Ohio State. Or is Ohio State just going to keep trucking and be like, what, you thought we were dead? And it just ends up being an undefeated, undefeated matchup yeah. going into the game. No. Those are a few that I was looking at, though. Is there yeah. anything else that you would like to touch on before we get out of here? Uh, no. Was there, like, one more question you had? Uh, All right, yeah. Can Georgia three-peat? Is Georgia going to three-peat? I don't I'm think they with, do. No. I, I I just th this is me and just the pure history and math of it. Just being like, no, like the last time someone's repeated. Look at look at any team that's ever repeated. Mm -hmm. Even going back to when you could claim titles for this or that because right. of all the different polls and, and associations. Like there aren't many repeats out there. There really aren't. One of them was freaking army because of World War II. They just had all of the best, like, able-bodied men. Like, you know, it, there just aren't a lot of three-peats. And so as great as Georgia's been, I think it would, like, has Saban three-peated? No, hell no. Exactly. Like, the GOAT coach yeah. hasn't three-peated. If Kirby Smart gets this done with Georgia, the only way, the only way it's not remembered as, like, the greatest college football, like, team for – Mm -hmm. a set of years ever is if some of this off the field stuff just keeps piling up and right. we, we like down the road get some definitive damning answer i'm not saying that that's how it is there no, yeah i'm not going out on that i'm just saying like that's the only way if they 3p that's the only way it gets detracted from no i, I think that's fair I, honestly i could see them getting into the college football playoff and i wouldn't be surprised if they got bounced the first round they will get into the college football playoff. We both think they're going to win the SEC. You win the SEC. Yeah. You're in the college football You're getting him. I just feel like they'll they'll get to that, that first round and somebody's going to get them. Because Ohio State, damn near. They had them dead to rights last year. Yeah. I think that's what's going to be interesting to see. But, you know, it, it, and if they do, it's history. It, it's a moment that we can all sit back and appreciate whether you love or hate the Bulldogs or the SEC in general, yeah. for that matter, because a lot of people do. Uh, but that's going to do it for us today. We appreciate you listening whenever you do. Uh, make sure you go over to YouTube and like and subscribe the channel as well as check us out on Spotify and Apple. But for Jack, I'm Garrett. This has been the College Chaos Podcast.